0: I
1: went to a marvelous party. Max, most people don't even <laughs> know the facts. They go with their gut, don't have the facts. The only thing your gut cares about is money.
0: <laughs> Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time.
1: Fine. You first, Eric. <laughs> She's been called the idiot savant of relationship advice, one of the wisest and most clueless voices on the radio, and the titian of taxidermy. But whatever you think of her, there's no ignoring the dinner party show's own Miss Jonelle Sams. I'm Christopher Rice, and this is the first we heard from Jonelle on the very first dinner party show.
0: Hi, I'm Jonelle Sams. I'm not a fancy therapist with a lot of degrees, I'm not some career girl who spent my life climbing the corporate ladder. I've spent more of my time climbing the kitchen cabinets trying to get stuff off the top shelf. What I am is someone who's spent the past 22 blissful years happily married. I'm glad to join Chris and Eric to offer my thoughts on having a happy marriage because God knows the two of them don't know anything about it. I can't believe that two such fine specimens are still single, but maybe I can help. In the coming weeks, I'll be offering my thoughts and answering your questions from the Dinner Party Show Facebook page or you can write to me care of Jonell at thedinnerpartyshow.com. But tonight I thought I'd tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Jonell Sams, as you know, and people ask me all the time, Jonelle, you and Merle always seem so happy all the time. You two still act like awkward teenagers around each other, but I know you've been together since the Grand Canyon first opened." What is the secret to your long and happy marriage? Well, as you can imagine, there is no one thing that is the secret to Merle's and my many happy years together. What I can tell you is that Merle and I make a real effort to stay off each other's nerves. Merle leaves me to my cannon and bacon and prayer meetings and taxidermy and such like, and Merle keeps up with his own hobbies and activities. While he and his friend Olson Lee pure are always up to something, they enjoy a wide variety of activities. They are Always off camping. They say they hunt and fish, but honestly, it's been 22 years and they've yet to bring home so much as a trout. Thank goodness they have other activities to keep them occupied or I'd never get anything done around here. They love buying and refinishing junky old furniture. I don't understand it, but they can turn some sow's ears into some right nice stuff. Me, I prefer old-style modern furniture, like from the regular furniture store at the outlet mall mediterranean is a personal favorite of mine but that doesn't stop them they just keep all their handiwork over at olson's before and after so they're over there mostly Olsen's still single, though he and the girls' P.E. coach from George Maddox Jr. High have been dating almost as long as Merle and I have been married. Of course, work keeps Merle plenty busy. He took over his family business, Sam's Barbershop. People always come in asking for Sam, but of course there is no Sam because our last name is Sam's. But they don't notice there's no apostrophe. There is no Sam in Sam's. <laughs> it's one of our favorite jokes. Merle loves his work and Olson works right next door at the hardware store so they can pass the time and have lunch and whatnot. They most always nip over to Olson's for a quick bite in the middle of the day, when they can get away. Merle has made the most of his business. He was not satisfied to follow in his father's footsteps and just cut hair. He has gotten a full cosmetology license, and he is always off to some training seminar or convention or other. Fortunately, Olsen is usually free to go along with him, and they make all that work into a little adventure to buy their old furniture and dingy old paintings or just get out and see the sides. That Merle, he works so hard... Recently, the two of them have developed a fondness for cowboy movies. Merle had never shown much interest in the movies, if I ever go, which is rarely given the trashy content of most of what comes out these days, but if I do, I'm with the girls from my circle meeting, or that Florence from Sunday school, but she tends to like pot boilers like that notebook and such. But I never could drag Merle to the movies. Then, this cowboy film came out, Brokeback Mountain, I think it was called. Well, you could not keep Olsen and Merle out of the Octoplex down to the Poison Creek Mall. Lord, there was something in there about quitting, and now every time the two of them say goodbye, it's something about how they can't quit. (laughs) Those two. Apparently, Olson's gotten a big old collection of cowboy movies they can watch on the home theater they built there at Olson's. Put this giant TV in an old concession stand they restored. And... When they're not over there watching Ride em Bronco or Back in the Saddle 4 or what have you, they're off to some convention or other. Why, sometimes it's almost like Merle doesn't live here at all. So that's my secret for today. It's a lot easier to get along with your husband if you can't find him. Till next time, I'm
1: jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. Welcome to this special edition of The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice, and that all too familiar voice was Miss Jonelle Sams. Jonelle was with us for the premiere of the Dinner Party Show, offering up her own unique recipe for building a successful relationship. Tonight, we offer up some of her best and most memorable moments here in a special Dinner Party Show relationship sampler with guest of honor, Jonelle Sams. Welcome to the show, Jonell. Thank you, Christopher. I'm so honored to be on your show at all,
0: let alone to have a Jonell special. It would be even more special if Eric
1: Shaw Quinn was here, too. Well, Eric is out of town, so I get you all to myself. That's kind of what worries me. Well, you are the star tonight, Jonelle, and I have to say I have always felt strongly that your thoughts and ideas in the area of relationships deserve a closer look, at the very least. That's all well and good,
0: but I'll tell you, Christopher... I think not looking too close is key to a successful relationship. You're not kidding about that. Merle and I have managed to keep a safe
1: distance for 24 years now, and we're both happy and still together. And nobody is more surprised about that than me. Okay, so let's start off tonight's Jonell look at relationships right from the ground up, where all relationships begin, Dating. This week's question comes
0: to us from a young woman who is a community theater enthusiast. Myself, I don't much get theater. I figure, why would I want to see people make fools of themselves in person when I can do it just as easy on the TV or at the picture show? But my husband of 22 blissful years, Merle, is crazy about theater. Why, between the Patchwork Players, that's the name of our local acting group, and his annual Broadway junkets to New York with his best friend, Olson Lee Pugh, I am lucky to see Merle at all during theater season. Merle loves attending Broadway shows almost as much as his acting, but he and Olsen take turns directing each other. You wouldn't think it to look at him, but my Merle is versatile. Everyone says so. But today, our theater lover correspondent has some bad reviews to share. She writes, Dear Joe, now." I'm a successful bookkeeper at the local Piggly Wiggly here. I've worked hard and risen in the ranks from bagger to checker and with night classes at the local community college to assistant bookkeeper. Good for you, girl. But my relentless pursuit of career has come at a price. I'm nearly 30 years old and I am still single. Mm, that is terrible news. A woman is a lot like the inventory at the Piggly Wiggly. Not much good after the sale by date. And nearly 30, I worry that hers is coming up fast on the horizon. Anyway, she goes on, I knew if I was going to get past the dreaded stigma of being single after my 30th birthday, I needed to get back into life and meet some eligible men. I turned to a long-lost love, theater house managing. I had served as house manager at my high school. My concession sales set a record that they are still talking about, and there is nothing as satisfying to me as seeing everyone seated when the lights go down. My local community theater was delighted to have someone with my nearly professional experience in such a key role. I quickly found myself cast in show after show. There, I came in contact with a host of single men. Successful, talented, good-looking, I found more prospects than I could have hoped. Then he came along. He was and is the most wonderful man I have ever seen, Jonelle. He is often the star of our little productions, though he shines just as bright in more minor roles when they come his way. He runs his own business, an antiques and art gallery that is as successful as it is highly regarded in our community. He's a friend to most everyone and throws the most wonderful parties. He's in his mid-30s, but still in such great shape you'd hardly know it. And best of all, he's single and still living with his roommate since college. But, Jonell, nothing I can do will catch this man's attention. I have tried and tried. He's accepted countless invitations. We have seen practically every movie that's come to the Cinema 8 out at the mall since we first met. We're both big Paul Walker fans, and we have seen Fast Five at least five times, first in the theater and now on DVD. We both love the theater as well as dance and the visual arts. Besides our clogging classes, where no one can keep up with us, we are co-teaching a decoupage seminar at the Community College Extension at the Strip Center on Route 5. He's even been in my home countless times for every little reason under the sun. But Janelle, I fear the worst has already come. I am too old. He cannot see me as a romantic interest despite how much we have in common. My 30th is coming up, and though he tells me he's planning something special, I know it's just another big party and a chance for him to show off his cake decorating skills. Jonelle, what can I do? Signed, Theater Lover. Oh, dear lover. Don't take it personally. He's just a big thespian. Your mistake is trying to compete with a man's first love. Why, when I first met Merle, he still had stars in his eyes and could not remember my right name for the first few years I knew him. He still calls me Janet occasionally, I think just as a little joke between us. But in the end, it was the ticking of his own clock that woke him up. And when he opened his eyes, there I was, bending over, picking up a case of mason jars at the hardware store. He said, Do you have any decorative hardware? And the rest is true value history. So, lover, the time has come to wipe the stars from your eyes. The man you're after seems to be enjoying his life. Why would he want to change it? Find a man with fewer interests, someone as miserable and desperate as yourself. Most of all, someone who needs you more than you need him. Why, if I hadn't known how to work a power sander and had experienced wallpapering, I don't know where Merle and I would be today. Our kitchen certainly wouldn't be nearly as nice. So, for all you girls out there approaching your expiration date, remember, it's easier to like something you find on the clearance rack if you quit comparing it to the fancy items in the show window out front. Till next time, I'm Jonelle Sams with homemade relationship advice.
1: Break a leg. What better way to meet a doctor? So misery and desperation are qualities to look for in a mate. Well, it's
0: important to have shared interests, but I think it has a lot to do with timing. This week on Homemade Relationship Advice, in answer to a viewer's letter, I want to talk about timing. Our listener writes, Dear Nell. My boyfriend and I have been engaged for over a year and I'm starting to wonder if it's time to give him a little push towards setting the date. We are together all the time and I think that marriage would not only be an expression of how much I love my fiance but also a practical solution to maintaining two separate residences and lives in tough economic times. Nell, I guess my question for you is how long should a long engagement last? When is it too long? Thanks for your help, TikTok in Temecula. Ah, youth. Well, TikTok, let me just ask you this. What is your rush? Take my word for it, you are in the salad days. There is only succotash ahead. If you're in a hurry to get married, try this. I recommend you let a homeless person camp in your living room for a couple of weeks. You will be able to enjoy picking up dirty underwear, wet towels, and trash off the floors of your home just like a married woman. And best of all, you can have the sheriff remove the squatter when you get sick of it. My Merle and I have been married for 22 blissful years, and we were engaged for an even more joyous 13. Merle was in no hurry to consummate our relationship, and that was fine with me. Ten minutes of fun once or twice a month is mighty cold comfort compared to being treated like a fiancé in exchange for never being taken on a date ever again except when you both remember it's your wedding anniversary. You get to cook, clean, manage a household and never receive a gift when it isn't a holiday or flowers when you're not in the hospital. Now, I love my husband, and I love taking good care of him, so don't get me wrong, I love being married, and Merle works hard and supports me and pays for our lovely home. That's what love is, being willing to sacrifice a bit of your own happiness to care for someone else. So, once you're married, it's more about sacrifice than satisfaction honestly. Merle treats his best friend Olson Lee Pugh more like his fiance these days. The two of them are always off on some adventure or other. Why, just the other week, they went off on some fishing expedition in Mexico. Now, you know, they didn't catch a thing. Merle didn't even pack anything that he could wear on a fishing boat. The pictures are all moonlit beaches and ancient ruins and candlelit dinners. Their room even had a private pool, but not a fish in sight. It would have been the perfect place for a romantic weekend, but that ship has sailed for Merle and me. It's just a question of timing. So take my word for it, TikTok. Being engaged is about the satisfaction of romance, but being married is about the sacrifice of love. Till next time, I'm L. Sams with homemade relationship advice. Trust me, the only thing you'll find at the altar that you won't find anywhere else are your best friend in a dress she wouldn't be caught dead in and your husband in the mood.
1: Sounds like you miss being engaged, Jonelle. Not a bit of it. I loved being engaged, but
0: I love being married. If you're with the right person, wherever you are is the right place. We've all heard the expression, every pot has a lid. But have you ever noticed how hard it is to find the right lid to go with the pot you're trying to use? If you've never had the experience of searching for a lid, it may be that you're just willing to use whatever lid comes to hand rather than finding the one that actually fits. As with most stupid expressions about meeting someone, I find that they were likely made up by people who've had to spend blessed little time in the kitchen trying to get dinner on the table and way more time offering advice no one asked them for. I, on the other hand, spent quite a bit of time finding the perfect husband for me. Merle and I are coming up on our 23rd anniversary the first of next month and I try to offer advice only when I'm asked. Case in point, this week's listener writes, Dear Jonel, I have been single for so long that I've lost hope. I've met and been interested in a number of available single men over the years, but none of them have ever looked at me with the eyes of love, let alone lust. As the years pass and the field narrows, I feel more and more invisible eligible men my own age seem only to see women much younger than themselves, and younger men are more interested in women their own age. I have been told all my life that love will find you when you stop looking for it. Perhaps that is my best hope. As I quit looking so long ago, I can't even remember the last time I was interested. Signed, Snowball in Hell. Well, Snowball... I know that expression too. I have heard it applied to many things and always by people who are not having to do without whatever it is they are talking about at the moment. It will come to you when you stop looking for it, they say. All I can say is, who the hell would want it then? I quit looking for stuff when I don't want it anymore. What use would it be to me once I no longer care? I suppose that could explain why most of the letters I get are from people who are married, apparently, to someone they weren't looking for or interested in. If that little tidbit is to be believed, it has been my experience that I am more likely to find stuff that I'm actually looking for. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't sometimes find things I'm looking for while I'm doing something else. The other day, I could not find the formaldehyde I needed for one of my taxidermy projects. I looked and looked, but it was nowhere it was supposed to be. Finally, I had to get on with my day. I went to get dinner ready, and when I went to get the clabber girl out of the pantry for the cornbread, well, what do you know, there was my formaldehyde. It's kind of how I met my husband Merle, too. I was not what you might call one of the popular girls in school, and my 20th had come and long gone without so much as a show of interest from the opposite sex. I kept hoping, but just like with the cornbread the other night, I got on with my life. I cultivated other interests of mine, including a plot of strawberries on my father's place where I was living at the time. When the harvest came in, I had a bumper crop and I decided to learn to make strawberry preserves. That is why I was in the hardware store talking to my husband's best friend in the whole world, Olson Lee Pugh, about cannon supplies when my future husband, Merle, came by to take Olson out to lunch. Merle hardly even noticed me standing there. I think that's why he ran into me and I dropped that case of mason jars on his instep. Well, that got his attention. One thing led to another and I have been massaging that foot on cold nights all these years when Olson isn't taking a turn. Merle is a barber, on his feet all day, and that old injury still gives him fits all these years. I'm still saying I'm sorry. Merle always says that the pain just reminds him of me. Isn't that sweet? Still, I do my best when that old foot's acting up, but I'm telling you that Olson's hands must be magic. It would be inappropriate for me to accept a massage from a single man, should Olsen ever offer, so I don't know from personal experience, but the difference in Merle before and after Olson gets his hands on him never ceases to amaze me. Anyhow, the point I'm trying to get to is, if you haven't found someone yet, it may just be that you haven't dropped your mason jars on the right foot. Every week on Homemade Relationship Advice, I describe new ways that Merle has turned out to be the perfect husband. Just the right lid for this whole pot. But when I met him, I was at the hardware store pursuing something that interested me. And just like so often happens when I'm out shopping for one thing, my eye falls on something I didn't know I was looking for in the first place. But when I see it, my heart knows that it's something that I have to have. So I guess the best advice I have on meeting someone is to find your own way in the world. If you're following your own heart, you're more like to meet someone who's on the same path as you. And just like Merle and I were both there to see Olsen that day, you'll already have more in common than you know. Till next time, I'm Jonelle Sams with homemade relationship advice. Even if I hadn't met Merle, I'd still have had a case of strawberry preserves.
1: Well, that's a meet-cute worthy of Hepburn and Tracy.
0: <laughs> Swan, I know you and Eric speak English, but sometimes I just don't understand
1: a word you say. And sometimes it seems like you don't understand a word you say either, as in this fan favorite where you offered your advice on multicultural relationships. This week, we have a letter
0: from a listener dealing with the challenges of a multicultural relationship. The letter reads... Dear Joe Nell, my sweetheart is a Turk. I'm American. How do I deal with the cultural differences that stress our relationship? He makes a mess and expects me to clean it up because his mother treated him like a king. He says that his inability to get romantic with me is my fault. He says being supportive, in quotation marks, equals joining him in any endeavor like a pyramid scheme. He's $1.5 million in debt, How am I supposed to pay that off with what I earn? Signed, Not Such Turkish Delight. Well, Delight, I'm not in a multicultural relationship. As you may know, Merle, my husband of 23 blissful years, grew up. Less than a mile from where I grew up, there is very little we don't have in common. After all this time, we are even starting to look a lot alike. But while I may not know much about Asia Minor, I have majored in relationship studies all these years, and I think I might can help with that. Your letter makes me think of how much Merle likes Long Wangs. After the United States won the war in Vietnam, a lot of Oriental people settled hereabouts. How Fuck and his family came here and started a restaurant out off the highway near Body Works, the men's only gym. Merle and his best friend Olsen belonged to. Well, what the fucks discovered was that no one hereabouts in Poison Creek was much interested in Vietnamese food. They gave sushi a run, but most folks just thought it was really overpriced bait. I don't mind telling you there were some sad fucks around these parts. But then How had his big fuck idea. Long Wang's. He turned their restaurant into a Chinese place and not a minute too soon. His whole family was sleeping on the pantry shelves in the back of their storefront by that point. When they reopened, they call the place Long Wang's, which I think means good luck in Chinese because Merle said it's always been lucky for him. Many is the time that Merle takes a seat on Long Wang's banquette after Olsen has put him through a workout at Body Works. Merle says he has never failed to leave satisfied. It is a feeling that many here locally have about Long Wangs. Naturally, I was curious about the attraction to Long Wangs. I kept after Merle, and one Sunday after church, I finally convinced him to show me why he loved Long Wangs so much. It was the perfect time to try because they have a buffet on Sundays, so I got a good taste of all Long Wangs have to offer. Well, sir, I have to tell you, I did not share Merle's devotion to Long Wangs any more than I had to whatever the fucks were serving. I have nothing against the fucks, but my taste runs to more local fare. My mistake was I didn't tell Merle. So every Sunday for I don't know how long after church, my day went straight to the fucks. I tried to find something I liked on the menu. I don't know what the fucks were doing, but nothing was to my liking. Then, when I was certain all the fucks' food tasted just the same, I tried talking them into making something I did like. That was worse. They are good people and an asset to Poison Creek, but you can't imagine what the fucks can do to fried chicken. I took to hiding food in my purse so I'd have something to eat after church. That worked until one Sunday, Merle forgot his wallet and reached in my bag for something to put in the collection plate and got a handful of macaroni salad. We laugh about it now, but I learned my lesson. Just because Merle likes long wangs doesn't mean I have to. So we went back to the Venom Marsh cafeteria and Merle went back to enjoying long wangs on his own. My point, Delight, is that the fact that I wasn't enjoying what the fucks had to offer did not mean there was anything wrong with Long Wangs. I was just in the wrong restaurant. There are plenty of people hereabouts who love Long Wangs, none more than my Merle. And a good thing, I tell you those are the happiest fucks for three counties. I'm just much happier choosing what I have a taste for than I am trying to force some poor fuck to do it my way. So, delight, it sounds to me like if you love living with a Turkish king, you're in the right house. And if you don't, well, maybe it's time to go back to the cafeteria and pick out something that you do like. Long wangs isn't for everybody, but lucky for the fucks, there's plenty who can't do without. And I'm proud to say that the happiest fucks in the world live in Poison Creek, USA. Till next time, I'm L. Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. And girl, whatever you do, stay or go, put your money in a mattress if you have to to keep his hands off it.
2: The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. We'll be the judge of that.
1: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show's Relationship Sampler Special with Jonelle Sams. I'm Christopher Rice, and my co-host Eric Shaw Quinn is on safari. Africa? Africa? Eric? A Beverly Hills. It's a shopping safari. There's a trunk sale at Barney's, I think.
0: That sounds more like Eric. Also a bit like Merle. Is Merle a clothes horse? Merle is a man of many interests. And as you and all your listeners know, I think outside interests are so important for a healthy relationship. This week on Homemade Relationship Advice, I want to deal with a serious and prevalent problem in society and certainly among our listeners. The belief that your husband or wife is having an affair. This corrosive belief does more to destroy what might otherwise be perfectly lovely marriages than actual adultery ever could. I have received so many letters on this topic that I wanted to answer the big question rather than all the little ones at this time. We'll get around to you, but I wanted to take a moment to share some of the secrets of my own successful marriage. Okay, so here goes. To all of you out there who think that your spouse might be stepping out on you, I want to say this. Marriage is boring. I know, I know. It's a sacred institution. It's the foundation of our society. It's the bond that ties civilization together. It's the expression of the deepest and most heartfelt of all human commitment. Blah, blah, blah. The lie let me ask you this, when was the last time you got all fired up about sacred foundation commitments? Mhm. What marriage is is the same thing with the same person every day forever. Don't get me wrong, I believe in marriage. My husband Merle and I have been blissfully married for 22 years now and both of us are happy as can be. But that is because neither of us is counting on our marriage to be the source of that happiness. Merle and his best friend, Olson Lee Pugh, get up to all kinds of mischief together all the time. Why, I hardly ever see Merle at all. That keeps our relationship fresh and Merle off my nerves. I wish I could take credit, but Merle has just always been a man with outside interests. At first, I thought it might mean that Merle didn't want to be with me, and I was right. And I don't want to be with Merle all the time either. He's a good man and a wonderful husband, but there is a big wide world of canning and gardening and decoupage and church work that fills my life and brings me way more happiness than keeping Merle prisoner here at the house ever could. Jealousy can seem like quite a hobby at first, but it takes a toll. You start to read something sinister into every little thing your husband does— Every time he has to work late, even though his business closes at 5. Every time there are charges on the credit card bill for restaurants that you've never been to and flowers and jewelry you've never received. Every time he doesn't come home and forgets to let you know because he and Olson were having way too much fun and it got too late to call. Why, all that drama can seem fascinating at first, but it means you have to believe the worst of the person you're supposed to love the most. Now, who wants to feel that way? Every time I find myself thinking bad thoughts about Merle. I can something or I knit something or I paint something or I embroider something or I get on the phone and organize a bake sale to raise money for a good cause and then I get baking something. Eventually, Merle comes home and I'm so busy I hardly notice it all. The house looks great. The pantry's full of fresh canned goods, All my church charities are fully funded, the ladies' auxiliary members think I may be some kind of saint, and I have more sweaters than anyone I know. So, if the green-eyed monster has you thinking that your wife or your husband is seeing someone behind your back, maybe you're just bored. Till next time, I'm Jonelle Sams with homemade relationship advice. Find something to do.
1: Sometimes the boredom in marriage has nothing to do with outside interests. Here are Joan L.'s thoughts on boredom in the marital bed. This week's listener writes to me from Atlanta, Georgia.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: My husband of 22 years, Merle Sams, and his best friend in the whole world, Olson Lee Pugh, just love Atlanta. Too big and noisy for me, but those two just cannot get enough. They tell me they could practically camp out in Piedmont Park there if the police would let them. Anyhow, our Atlanta listener writes, Dear Joe Nell, my husband lost his job recently. mm I am sorry to hear that. This bad economy has taken a toll on us all. Why, Merle's barber salon has had to lay off Manuel, the little Latin boy he used to sweep up and such like around the place. He's been staying at Lee Pew's doing odd jobs and such like for the both of them. Apparently, it's working out well for Manuel and Merle, and Olson couldn't be happier. Manuel was by here just the other day dropping off some clothes of Merle's that I guess Merle paid him to launder. Always finding work for that poor boy. So me and Manuel got to talking over a little sweet tea and Manuel said that Merle and Olsen were about to wear him out. That both of them were working him hard, hard, hard. Sometimes both at the same time. Well, we can't all be as lucky as Manuel and I'm sorry to hear about your husband too, Atlanta listener. Anyhow, she goes on. Since losing his job, my husband has lost interest in life. He does his best to keep at it and is out most every day looking for work. But the rejection and lack of opportunity have been taking their toll. When he's not looking for work, he's either in front of the TV or asleep on the sofa. We haven't so much as slept in the same bed in the months since he was laid off. And I blush to tell you there is no romance in our lives. I've tried my best to support him, but my spirits are beginning to slip too. Jonell, what should I do? Signed, sleeping single in the double bed. Uh Uh-huh. Well, your letter has really hit home with me, single. I can see what I think you might be missing. What you need are separate bedrooms. When we first got married, why, Merle hardly ever slept with me in the same bed. It worried me, and I fretted, and then one day, it hit me. It wasn't that he wasn't sleeping with me that was worrying me. It was not knowing. Like that second shoe, I just kept waiting on him. Was he coming? Was he not? It was keeping me up. Well, single, what I did was I turned my sewing room into my room. That way, when Merle had been down to the rodeo or a baseball game and came home all in the mood, well, it was a nice surprise when he came a-knocking at my door. But when he didn't, I didn't miss him, because I wasn't expecting him. And single, let me tell you, if you're looking for a little romance, just wait till his best friend is sick or out of town. I tell you, Merle gets like a newlywed when that Olson isn't around wearing him out. So... If you're like sleeping single in Atlanta and you're spending your nights waiting for your man to get next to you, the problem may be your expectations. I've found that I'm a lot happier in my marriage if I don't expect anything at all. Till next time, I'm Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. And
1: if you're in Atlanta, say hello to Merlin Olson for me if you see him. That is a perfect example of good advice for all the wrong reasons. Thank you, Christopher.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Well, no one can accuse you of not taking your own advice. No, sir. And you surprised me again when you made it clear that your advice goes for everyone, whether they like it or not. Well, we have a
0: first here on homemade relationship advice this week. As you know, it's Be Our Guest Week on The Dinner Party Show, and that means it's all about you, The Dinner Party Show listeners. But that's always the case on homemade relationship advice. Anyhow, I don't want to spoil your surprise, so I'll just read this week's listener letter, and you can see for yourself. Dear JoNell, my partner and I have lived together for over 10 years, but have only been married for just about six months since New York State would allow us to. It seems that as soon as we tied the knot, my partner started going to the gym for what seemed like 12 hours a day. Now, I must admit that my partner has become really stacked. I guess that means he's very fit. Lands, how they talk in New York. Anyhow, he continues, but lately, Jonelle, Every time I try and give my partner a friendly pinch to get things started, I just get the cold shoulder. That isn't exactly what he said, but you get the idea. He goes on. What can I do to get the party going between us again? Please help me find the spark in my marriage. Thanks. Signed, living with a heavenly body in purgatory. Did you get it? That's right. I think he's gay. I saw on the news where New York has just recently started allowing gay people to get married to each other. So that's my guess. And good for them. We don't have any gay people in Poison Creek, so we don't need marriage equality laws here so much. But I hear there's lots of gay people up in New York. And I know there's a lot of controversy on MSNBC about gay people being able to get married. But I'll just say this. It seems to me that everyone is missing the point. For those of you who don't want gay people to have sex with each other, I think marriage is the perfect solution. Marriage is a lot like Christmas. Everyone's all excited about unwrapping the presents, but once they're unwrapped, the tree goes out by the curb and the wrapping goes in the fire. Once the presents are open, the party is over. You've got a perfectly good toaster oven, but you don't get up early to see it or even pay special attention when you put your toast in. You just enjoy your toast and get on with your day. Marriage is like that. Everyone's whole nerves and excitement and anticipation and then the honeymoon is over. Literally. So people who are opposed to gay people sleeping with each other in that honeymoon kind of way are wasting their time opposing gay marriage. Let them unwrap the presents and the party you keep calling the sheriff to complain about will be over. Myself, I'm in favor of marriage. Everyone's. It's a wonderful gift and I wish it for everybody. Tomorrow, April 1st, is my anniversary. Merle and I will be married for 23 blissful years. And yes, Heavenly, the honeymoon is over. But cheer up, because once the honeymoon is over, everything else can begin. I'm not gay, so I don't understand what that means to you, Heavenly. But I'm married, and trust me, after 23 years, I've got this one. First off, if you're sleeping next to a heavenly body after six months, let alone ten years, you've got plenty to be thankful for. I can't still fit in my wedding dress and neither can Merle. We try to keep in shape. There's talk that a Curves will be opening up where Borders used to be down at Poison Creek Mall, and the girls in my circle meeting group try to bring locale snacks when it isn't a church holiday. Recently, Merle and his best buddy Olson Lee Pugh did join up out at Body Works. It's a men's only fitness club that opened out on the state highway in the old auto body shop just outside of town. Body Works. Clever, huh? Those boys go out there all the time and neither of them seems to have lost a pound, but they do seem to enjoy themselves and they always come back in the best mood. So, if your partner is feeling good and in good shape, I think both of those are blessings you should remember in whatever kind of prayers you say at night. As to that spark, well, if you're looking for Christmas morning, maybe it's time to break out the Christmas ramp. Or, better yet, head down to that gym and get a heavenly body of your own. I don't know if it'll put the spark back in your marriage or even give you a heavenly physique, but if you're anything like my Merle, you might just be in a better mood and not care nearly so much about when Christmas is coming again. The most important thing to remember about marriage, heavenly, is that it is about the long haul. With the joyous prospect of my 23rd anniversary looming, I can't begin to remember what Merle was up to six months in. I'm just thankful that you were able to get married in the first place and I hope you'll be complaining about each other 22 and a half years from now. Because trust me, he'll get bored with that sports club and that body soon enough and come up with something that'll have you wishing he was back at the gym. Till next time, I'm Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. Remember, if the marriage you're in today isn't what you'd hoped for, just wait a few months. Aww, I love that one, and I love that the gays in the gay states can get married
1: now. There are gays in all of the states, Jonelle, even Louisiana. I don't think so. I'm from Louisiana, so's Eric. And then you both moved
0: to a gay state. But I will say, if there are any gay people in Louisiana, which I doubt, but if there are, I believe they should be able to get married, too.
1: Well, Jonelle, no matter what people say about you, they can't call you close-minded. It's the middle of summer, and things are getting steamy this week on
0: homemade relationship advice. A warning to those with more delicate sensibilities, this might be a good time to check on the roast. Dear JoNell, I'm a middle-aged woman with a middle-aged husband. We've built a nice life together, but I have to be honest that while we love each other, things are quieter these days in the romance department than they once were. The kids are off to college now, and we have more time together. I'd hoped that when this time in our life rolled around, we might find each other again, do more together, have some fun. But when my husband said he wanted us to try having an open relationship or maybe try swinging, that was not the kind of fun I had in mind. Jonell. he's bored, and I understand. I am, too, a little. But I'm afraid to say yes, and afraid if I say no, he'll say goodbye. I don't have any interest in this, but I do love my husband, and I'm interested in keeping my marriage. Jonell. what should I do? Signed, three's a crowd. Well, threes, my heart goes out. I do not envy you feeling forced to choose between something you don't want to do and the man you love. I've been very happy in my 23 blissful years of marriage to my husband, Merle. The way that Merle and I keep excitement in our private lives is we never discuss sex at all. That way, if anything does happen, it's always a surprise. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. Talking about sex is like looking for your presents. It just spoils the surprise. I know my good fortune is no consolation to you, threes, but I'd say bear it in mind as you consider your choice. The other thing I would point out, threes, is that the market for middle-aged married men is probably not what middle-aged married men would hope. Unless you're married to Newt Gingrich or some other rich, powerful, doughy, aging AARP member, there's probably less risk in saying yes than you think. In the end, whether you say yes or no, your husband is probably going to do what he wants, and so can you. Come up with some suggestions of your own. You said you'd hope things were going to get to be more fun, so tell him what you want as long as he brought it up. It occurs to me that Merle and his best friend are always pretending to be this person or that in their amateur theatrics down at the Patchwork Players, and sometimes just on their own. Those two. Anyhow, my point is, it seems to me that with a little costume in and makeup, you could be the other woman your husband is looking for, if you know what I mean. Best of all, for you and especially your husband, unlike most if not all the other women out there, you're actually interested in him. Till next time, I'm Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. One time, Olsen pretended to be a pirate and Merle dressed as a sailor and spoke with a French accent for three full
2: weeks and they were not in a show at the time. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Sacred Cows Roasted Daily. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show's
1: Relationship Sampler with Joan L. Sams. I'm Christopher Rice and my co-host Eric Shaw Quinn is somewhere on darkest Rodeo Drive. I'm here with guest of honor, Jonelle Sams, who began as our relationship columnist, but her talent was just too big to be limited to giving out questionable relationship advice. Christopher, you make me blush. Yes, her talent reached all the way to the Poison Creek Mall, where Jonelle has been hosting her hit talk show, Live from Poison Creek, for over a year now. Thanks to you and Eric. But her celebrity has come at a price, and as Jonelle's private life became public, she generously shared her experience in dealing with some big changes in her own family relationship.
0: You you said we weren't going to talk about... Well, I'll tell you, listeners, an odd thing has been happening here at the Homemade Relationship Advice for the past couple of weeks. I have received an especially large number of relationship questions, even though Valentine's Day was long past, and it's months till the holidays. What's even stranger is a surprising number are more or less the same story and the same question. Here's a good example. Carita Jonell. Many, many years ago, I was a young woman new to town. I had few skills and was lucky enough to find a job washing hair and cleaning up at a barber shop. The barber's son was a handsome, some might even say pretty, young man, learning his father's trade. We hit it off right from the start, and both of us being young, one thing led to another, and I found myself out for a night of youthful revelry with the young man, his lifelong friend, and some others they knew. Things got a little wild, and my memory of events is a little fuzzy, but while I do not remember every little detail of that evening, I do know for certain that my friendship with my employer's son deepened that night into something much more. He seemed to warm up to me after that, and we grew closer, though the intimacy of that night was not repeated. Just as he left for Barber College, I discovered that I had more than spotty memories of that night. Nine months later, our son was born. When my young lover returned, he seemed indifferent to me. He was kind... But he said he knew he could not be the father of my child, and callously, he seemed almost amused when I suggested it. My friendless condition lost me my job and a lot of respect in the community. But I only cared that it had lost me my young lover. He has always been friendly, but insistent that my memory of that passionate night must have been the worse for the Carlo Rossi sangria we were tippling that fateful evening. The last time we discussed it all those years ago, he said he knew where he had slept that night and with whom. Soon after his denial, he married a cruel, cold woman who was well thought of in the community, but feared by many, including the father of my child. I knew from what he had told me many times before. In my heart... She says, Corazon, but I know that song, so I'm translating here. In my heart, I was certain that she must be the reason that my young love had turned from me. Jonell, I have found a place in the community and re-earned the respect I lost for the sake of love. My son has grown up to be a fine young man who has followed me into the family business just as his father followed his father before him. But it is a small community, and I have had to face the lover who spurned me and his wife, the frosty she-devil who drove a wedge between us and destroyed our sacred love. Every time I see her or see them together, it is like an icicle in my heart. I plead with you, Jonelle. Help me to reunite my son with his father and to mend my broken heart. She says Coruscant again, but you get it. She concludes, "Jonell, you are my only hope. Signed bereft by love. (sighs) Well, like I say, I have literally gotten dozens of letters with stories almost identical to this one ever since we did our pilot episode of Live at Poison Creek a few weeks back. And while the English has gotten progressively better with each new post, the story and the handwriting is very similar from one letter to the next, though they are all signed differently. I don't want to neglect anyone, but there are too many of these to answer individually. But I don't want anyone who writes into homemade relationship advice to go unanswered. So I'm going to give my advice to Bereft here in the hope that all of you others can take it to heart and find some comfort in my words. Lupe, stop writing to me. Merle is not Lepito's father. Merle and I have been together for 23 blissful years, and I have no reason to doubt him now. Not only does he deny it, but his dear friend, Olson Lee Pugh, who you yourself say was there on that fateful night, swears that he can say for certain that Merle was not in bed with you that evening. What call does he have to lie about it? So, Lupe, search your heart. Try to remember who else was there. Hire a hypnotist to help you recall the details but move on. Leave me and my show out of your crazy delusions of love that never existed. I hope that helps all of you who have written in with similar stories and in broken English to bewail your fate. It is my fondest wish that you may all find peace and the courage to pursue a new life for yourself and to be thankful for the one you already have. You too, Lupe. Till next time, this is Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. I ask you, would a cold, cruel woman have answered that letter on her show? Well, we are mighty lucky this week. Thanks to Mr. Christopher Rice, we have a special guest on Homemade Relationship Advice, Miss. Lupe Guadalajara. That is not
3: my name.
0: Well, she's mostly known in these parts as Officer Lupe. Also, not my name. Okay, Lupe, I'm just a stupid, ugly American. What is your name?
3: Idiliata Lupita Guadalajara, Maria González Santa Anita, Entonces Necesititana, Curacao Azul Verdita, Guantanamo Perdita, Angelina Oceanacita. It is not. It is my name. Okay, well, what
0: shall we call you? Lupe. That is what I called you.
3: Yeah, you are hard to understand with that dick accent.
0: Okay, Lupe. Lupe. Be. Lupe. Lupe. That is how you just said it the last time. You saying I don't know how to pronounce my own name? I'm saying that you are not coming on my show and picking a fight with me. Christopher felt that I was a little overexcited in my response to a series of letters that I got I from you. I did
3: not send you a letter. That I
0: thought I got from Lupe. Lupe. Well, yes, wh- whoever they were from. Christopher felt like it would help clear the air if Lupe came on the show to talk with
3: me. You were wrong.
0: Lupe. Lupe. It's an advice column. I can't be wrong. It's my advice.
3: You will give bad advice.
0: Maybe, but it's still my advice. You don't have to take it, but it can't be wrong.
3: Your life is a mirage.
0: I'm not sure you know what that word means, Lupe. Lupe. My life is as real as it has been blissful these past 23 years with Merle. Your life is shit. Lupe. Lupe. Now, you look here. I love my life, and I am sorry as I can be that you have not gotten over a teenage crush that you had on my husband. The
3: father of my child. He is not,
0: Lupe. Lupe. He is not the father of your child.
3: We'll see, Diablita Blanca.
0: I know what that means, Lupe. Lupe. And what do you mean, we'll see?
3: Mr. Christopher Pabertist. What? We'll see.
0: What kind of test are we talking about here? More a povich test. DNA? Povich.
3: Madre dios, you're stupid.
0: that is fine with me. We can settle this once and for all, and I can get a little peace on my own show and pretty much everywhere else in Poison Creek lately. (laughs) Lupe? There, that's it. Maybe you're not as
3: stupid as everyone think. Till next time... When we find out the truth of what Honel do to me.
0: Neil, It's JoNel.
3: That's what I say,
0: Honel. I'm... Honel. I, JoNel Sams. I, with Jo-made, ad, homemade advice. Ugh, and I do not appreciate you bringing that golf cart in my house, Lupe. If you've been in a bad relationship with Christopher Ross, let's talk about it.
1: Jonelle's fans were riveted as we waited for the results of the DNA test. And I still think a special about your dating history would be a
0: fascinating new... So... If you listened in for relationship advice last week, you know you didn't get any. Mr. Christopher Rice decided to help out with the show, bless his heart, and invited the deranged woman who has convinced herself that she is the mother of my husband's illegitimate son, Captain Lupe Gonzalez, to join us. That is not my name. It is, Lupe. I looked it up. Don't tell me Lupe, what... this is my show, and if you don't like how I pronounce things, then get your own show. But if you want to be on my show, in my house, you can shut the hell up. Jesus. Jesus. That's what I said. It isn't. You are the stupidest, dear, Lupe blanca. <gasps> I looked that up on YouTube. It's Spanish for shut the hell up, Lupe. You'll shut up, Pendejo. I looked that up, too. Anyways, Captain Gonzalez has been after my husband, Merle, ever since she found herself in the family way with her son, Lupita. Lupita. Lupito. Lupe? Lupe. Anyways, we all tried to be understanding about it for the first 20 years or so, but Lupito... Lupito. ...is well past 30, and I'm closing fast on my last nerve. La well, I'll have to look that one up. But meanwhile, our well-meaning friend... Christopher Rice. Yes, bless his pee-picking little heart, he decided to encourage Lupe, Lupe... ...and her paternity delusion and finance a DNA test... ...to settle the matter once again and for all. I have mixed feelings about it, I don't mind telling you, but I welcome an end to what has been, at best, an awkward situation for me socially all these years. So, without further no delay... Yes. Jesus! Here is Mr. Monroe from Monroe's DNA R Us to reveal the truth to this thick-headed boil on my backside for the past 30 years or so. What the... I know what that means, and I'd just like to say... I'm not the one who came up pregnant. then who'd have you? Merle Sams. <laughs> Mr. Monroe, it's lovely for you to join us.
1: Yeah, can, can we get on with this? I've been on hold for like 20 minutes.
0: You're live on the air, Mr. Monroe. Welcome to Homemade Relationship Advice with Jonel Sams.
1: Great. Okay, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, Mr. Monroe, I know you are a busy man, and I've explained what's going on here, so if you'd just like to tell us the results of your test... Well, that- We can all get on with our lives. Or start them. So, Mr. Monroe, once and for all, is my Merle the father of this woman's child?
1: Well, ladies and all of you homemade relationship advice fans out there, the truth is...
0: See? That means yes.
1: Mr. Sam
3: is not... The father. Madre mia, panteo.
0: Hey, say, Lupe.
1: Lupe!
0: I warned you, Lupe, so thank you, Mr.
3: Monroe. I'm not
1: done. I'm sorry. Lupito?
0: Lupito.
1: Is not Mr. Sam's son, but the two men are related. Que?
0: That means what? And it goes double for me. They are related?
1: Yes. Does Mr. Sam's have a brother? Oh, my God. God, that old lecher!
0: He never could keep his hands off... I I mean, thank you for your help, Mr. Monroe. All
1: right, thank you, and for all your DNA testing needs, contact
0: us at... Just mail those results along, Mr. Monroe. What are you crazy white
3: people trying to pull on me and my son?
0: Lupe? Lupe! I'm just going to start calling you Cayate because it's the only Spanish word you don't correct me on. Well, senorita thing, you may want to watch how you throw that word around, because Lupito is not Marl's son. He's Marl's brother well thank you Christopher Riles for helping us out with this Lupe put that down Lupe,
3: Lupe.
0: till next time I'm Joe Sams with homemade relationship advice stay away from that taxidermy Lupe it's irreplaceable Lupe Lupe I wish you would get that golf cart out of my house or watch where you're going Jesus
1: We've watched, unable to look away, as Jonelle navigated the treacherous waters of her turbulently blended family, waiting with each new development to see what will happen next.
0: This is that gotcha journalism I've heard about on Fox. Jonelle, you're an example to us all. I'm just waiting on my taxidermy reimbursement check, although many of those ferrets were irreplaceable. Well, it has been business as unusual around here lately. Ever since we did my special live from Poison Creek over at Poison Creek Mall, we have had ourselves a time. My husband of 23 blissful years has found himself with a new brother and the woman who has imagined herself my rival for Merle's affections for over 30 years is now my stepmother-in-law or something. I don't mind telling you Sunday dinner was a whole new experience. Which brings me to the topic of Blended families. Many people are not as lucky as I have been to find my soulmate, settle down, and stay that way. But I never even dated anyone other than Merle. Single mothers like Lupe, my new stepmother-in-law. Families of divorce and those that remarry. Lupe, I am not answering that phone, so you might just as well hang up. Good. The look of the modern family is changing, and so too relationships must change to meet these new challenges. Until recently, my own relationship has been very old-fashioned and traditional, but I too am having to find a way to accept these recent developments for the sake of that relationship. My dear friend, Willie Jean was married to her husband Francis for many years. He was and still is a close friend of Merle and his best friend, Olsen. Those three are always up to something. John Brownit! Lupe, stop ringing that blasted doorbell! I am in the middle of the show and I am not coming to answer it. Thank you. Anyhow, Willie Jean's husband Francis just up and moved out on her one day. He moved in with a young man he barely knew who'd come to work on a cattle ranch out near Dry Prong. Well, of course, Willie Jean was very broken up, but over time she was able to put her life back together, so much so that when Luella Tidewell up and died right in the middle of her stirring solo rendition of his Eye is on the Sparrow at a particularly hot July service down to Megabaptist Church, what in the world? A brick through my window? Really, Lupe? And look, there's a note attached to it. Let's see now. Dear Yolnail, you. Oh, that's nice. Really, really nice, Lupe. I am not reading that one. I'm going to get Merle to make Lupito come over here and replace all this glass. Good. <sighs> so, Willie Jean took a casserole over to comfort Luella's grieving husband, Humphrey. Well. Romance bloomed at first, but Humphrey's teenage daughter Candy Sue was no picnic then and she's still no walk in the park all these years later. Anyways, Candy Sue took the attitude that Willie Jean was just trying to trap her father into marrying her after her husband left her. You know, he still lives with that cowboy. Anyways, the point is that for the sake of her relationship with Humphrey, Willie Jean had to find a way to have a relationship with Humphrey's daughter Candy Sue... Get away from my crown, Victoria, Lupe. Oh, oh, Lord, give me strength. I swear to God, Lupe, if you started a fire for real, I will come down to the mall and shoot out all the tires on that little golf cart of yours. (sighs) Well, I wonder how on earth she did that. Anyway, Willie Jean found more civil means to building a relationship with Candy than threatening to shoot out her tires. But the point is, you do what you have to do for the sake of your relationship. And today, Candy Sue is a great comfort to Willie Jean ever since Humphrey ran off on the rodeo circuit with Willie Jean's ex, Francis, and that cowboy. She can really pick him. Not everyone is as lucky as me, and it makes me grateful every time I lay eyes on that woman because I know in my heart that through Lupe's example of what might have been, it makes Merle ever more thankful for the life he chose. Till next time, I'm L Sams with homemade relationship advice. Hello, Lupe. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know why you listen to the show. If you feel that way, I can't help that. And Lupe, my pistol is loaded, so you put my lights back on, or you can kiss that little golf cart goodbye.
1: That brings us up to date on the life and loves of the dinner party show's own Miss Jonelle Sams. Thanks for being with us, Jonelle. And Christopher, thank you
0: for at least not doing this behind my back.
1: My pleasure, Jonelle, and thanks to the party people everywhere for joining Jonelle and me tonight. Be here next week for a special encore presentation of the Dinner Party Show's excellent At the Table series with highlights of some of the best moments from memorable interviews with our amazing dinner guests. Till next time, I'm Christopher Rice, and on behalf of me and my co-host Eric Shaw Quinn, thanks for joining us for this special Relationship Sampler edition of the Dinner Party Show.
0: okay